Hello, and welcome back to Net Zero Carbon. I'm Tyler Cole, your host, and this is the show at FreightWaves where we discuss information, insights, and inspiration for all things around sustainable freight and logistics. Today, I'm joined by Mike Groth, the Executive Director of North American Council for Freight Efficiency, NACFI. How are you doing, Mike? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, hey, Tyler, I'm great. Uh, you know, it's uh, just been a couple of weeks since we ended Run on Less Electric, and it's been, uh, I was hoping for a break, but, um, you know, it seems like the, the information was really good, and we're getting a lot of uh, interest in what happened. So uh, that's just fine. We'll rest, uh, we'll rest down the road. Absolutely. We'll sleep when we're dead, right? we got to solve the world's decarbonization problems first, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we take it seriously. I mean, trucking is uh, a big, and, and we'll jump right in. I mean, trucking is a big part of, uh, of carbon in the, in the world. And so um, it's, it's an area that, that really does need to be addressed. And, um, it, it, you know, it's just not for that reason, though. I mean, we also want to save money and burn less fuel. And, and um, you know, there are solutions that are uh, really delivering some great trucks to the marketplace uh, that are zero emissions. So um, I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's important now, as always, to, to do this work. And uh, we're really excited to help the industry figure this uh, problem out. Sure, sure. Well, you're right. Let's jump right in because that was the, the whole focus of this year's Run on Less Electric, right, was demonstrating real world truck technologies. You had, what, 13 different fleets running different trucks, carrying real freight in real world environments and duty cycles. Uh, maybe if you want to take just a second and intro, uh, I'm sure many of our listeners at FreightWaves are familiar with NACFI and RMI and yourself, but just maybe a brief recap of your role with that firm and also the, the goal and the aim of Run On Less. Yeah, so when fuel prices got high, uh, Tyler, back in the mid-2000s, I helped start up the North American Council for Freight Efficiency. I mean, we, we began in 2010. We worked on saving fuel on mostly um, diesel over-the-road tractors, and we started working on medium trucks and looking at the future. Uh, but there was a real key moment for Run On Less, or the, the, the kind of the idea about Run On Less happened in 2016. And we said, well, what are the best of the best? I mean, what are some of the, you know, hyper MPG, but, you know, who's out there really doing it? And the idea of Run On Less was born. And we did the first one in 2017, seven long haul trucking fleets that did 10.1 mile per gallon uh, over three weeks. And that was a, that kind of shocked the industry. And, uh, you know, you, you think about it, that goes back four or five years ago. And now 10 seems a little more reasonable, but back then it was like, oh my, that's a lot. And so we, we felt like we had identified something there. And in 2019, we did run on less regional and a much harder area of, you know, shorter runs, return to base, uh, where time is, a, is a, even a bigger element in the deliveries. And, uh, and so run on less has become sort of a thing that's expected in the industry, uh, but it is what you said. It's about real world freight. It's, it's looking at who's out there uh, really doing the best. Um, but it, but, and it, but it's not a sort of a, uh, a theory type of thing or some sort of engineering test. This is real trucks, real drivers, real routes, real freight. And when the idea came up to do it on electric trucks, you know, first off I said, no, I thought, you know, it's just not, we're not there yet. Electric trucks are not available. And, and then we stopped ourselves and said, wait a minute, let, let's, let's do a run on less all the way down to class three. So we had of the 13, we had, um, a mix of class class three and four and five and some six box trucks and terminal tractors and some heavy tractors and so across that 13 trucks is a mix and um and it really did uh, show that electric trucks are here uh, for a lot of reasons but one of which is that they're a simpler truck that drivers love to drive and the maintenance and operational benefits um, are really starting to show 
Um, you know, we interviewed 91 people at those 13 truck deployments. And these are not, you know, corporate sustainability, nothing against corporate sustainability and, and you know, folks in the, in the, you know, in the nice offices, but these were folks on the ground delivering beer and wine and chips and electronics and other, other goods uh, around the country. And, um, you know, Tyler, I got to tell you, the biggest finding we have is that they love these trucks and they want more and they want them faster. It's not that they're scared of the technology. They've already seen that it works. And they want it faster. And that's really kind of bordering on one of the main findings that we had as we, we concluded the run and start now to look at the data in more detail. That's great. And I can't wait to see some of those final results after you guys analyze all that data that came out of the, the series. Maybe tell us just a little bit, because I've really enjoyed getting on the website and watching a lot of these videos. You had a series of boot camps leading up to it, and then you had the actual run itself. What's the, the format for the run and how do you guys... You know, start to finish, what does the consumer expect to, to yeah, be in, in the first in the first run, it was all about the three weeks and the trucks and the metrics and the data. And what we found there was that telling their stories by video is a really powerful way to do it. So, you know, you get the, I said it, you know, in the finale last week, we have the quantitative numbers, you know, all this detail about state of charge over the day and how many miles they drove and the weather conditions and all that. We got the quantitative metrics. And then we got this qualitative piece. I mean, what did they say when we asked them about electric trucks in these videos and so forth? And so, as 2017 closed, 2019 run, we thought, well, let's do some what we call technology days. And then that ballooned into here this year, a boot camp where we had 10 sessions over the summer where we we looked at, we had up to 1,200 people view each of the uh, uh, boot camp sessions. Kind of surprised me. It looks at the, at the real thirst and the breadth of the ecosystem. We had utilities and charging companies and you know, government people at the state level, the local level, federal level, join us in those boot camps and now have followed the run as the three weeks in September where the, where the metrics actually came. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's kind of a, um, you know, uh, we, we said there were three phases or parts of the run. There was the boot camp, there was the visits, even in the pandemic, my team and I went and visited all these 13 locations. And then the actual metrics itself, where we have 13 trucks, 18 days, a lot of detailed metrics. And and, you know, what we found to kind of jump to the big conclusion is that electric trucks are ready now in the smaller trucks, um, you know, vans, step vans and e-commerce e and local deliveries, box trucks, terminal tractors are a great application. I mean, not a huge uh, amount of terminal tractors, but man, they work really well as electric. And that's actually a learning bed for many fleets that have uh, terminal tractors and regional haul tractors. And then the final group was you know, return to base, heavy duty, regional. And although the trucks in the run were pretty limited in their miles, they didn't go long distances. Um, the fleets are learning how to make these heavy tractors work in, uh, in regional hall. And, you know, maybe now we have a 175 mile truck, but next year we'll get a longer one and a longer one. And that range will keep growing and the heavy duty tractors, uh, we think will come electric, um, you know, down the road in the next years. That's great. And that makes a lot of sense when you think about available technology, battery technology having scaled to the point where it is today, that that's going to be the hardest piece to tackle. But you're right, in the right application, in the right duty cycle, these things are ready to go now. And as long as we can get the utilities buying non-coal power generation, then we're actually going to have you know a zero emission opportunity at freight. So that's right. So, um, you know, uh, I, I want to quickly talk about some extra benefits. I mean, I, I mentioned these, these, these operations kind of want the trucks up there, you know, driver attraction. I think this might be the biggest driver attraction technology in my career 
when I look back on it um, because they just love the truck so much. And we, we've experienced some of that with automated manual transmissions. Uh, having no emissions opens up a lot of opportunities in warehousing and in other distribution centers where the truck can come in the location rather than stay outside. I mean, just there's so many things that, that will be coming as benefits. But to your point, the biggest challenge is the electric infrastructure. Um, we didn't see the charging infrastructure being a huge issue with these fleets. They tend to um, are limited in the amount of power, amount of electricity that they need for the for the for the day's run. Um, but we are definitely seeing that as we move forward. So the utility support, the EBSC, all of that infrastructure support will be key. And I'm going to address your coal question because, you know, this is a this is a marathon, not a sprint. And so the adoption of electric trucks is going to grow over decades. At the same time, we've got the, the power plants moving from coal to much more renewables and other forms of power generation, maybe even with hydrogen storage, et cetera, et cetera. The utilities are going through a lot. So these uh, these solutions don't have to happen overnight. They're both long transitions. Um, you know, we we said in our release last week that the electrifiable routes today in trucking would make up only a five percent increase in the utility um, demands or the electricity demands in our country. So it is significant, but we've done it before with air conditioning. I mean, that was a huge power increase about fifty years ago, and we figured that out. Um, I kind of think we'll figure that figure this out as well. Absolutely. And it really is. You start looking at when industries like that take off. You mentioned air conditioning. I mean, you wouldn't be where you are today with these hyper efficient HVAC units if you didn't just start somewhere. So we're at that ground level of EV and we know there's going to be improvements and hopefully, you know, through scale and economics that starts to take off and make a bigger impact in reducing emissions for everybody. I did want to mention you were talking about a lot of the ancillary benefits, recruiting, uh, maintenance costs and savings, lower fuel costs. I really was touched by the piece you guys had on just the environmental um, what you call noise pollution reduction as well, right? It's it's much harder to quantify, but I don't think um, I don't think people realize how much your your ears are dealing with when you're out there on the highway, right? And so you're right. And so um, um, I think there is a quantifiable opportunity. I mean, many uh, one driver called it curfew stores. I don't know that I had heard that before, but the but the point was that certain stores do not allow you to uh, deliver um, after certain hours, and, and we noticed that when we were out with these truckers and, and delivering goods at five in the morning, and you know, and so forth. That um, you know, they were right next to uh, a lot of homes, a lot of uh, other locations, and so um, if we can keep the noise down on these trucks, I think there's there's there are some quantifiable benefits in being able to deliver more often, um, as well as well as well as maybe some some other opportunities. So. Um, the, 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 the one thing I would definitely say is that those benefits, we don't understand them yet until we really experience one fleet told us if the wheels aren't turning, we're not learning. And what we took from that is that, um, you know, as they begin to, you know, really put these trucks in operational and I got to say, thank you to the 13 fleets, 13 truck builders that participated. I mean, they allowed us to come in and share a lot of information to the ecosystem around what they're doing here. Uh, but they all told us that they're in it because they know that as they bring these trucks in, they'll find the challenges and the issues and deal with them, but they'll all also find a lot of benefits. And those are the ones that they want to exploit, whether it's attraction or whatever. And, and you know, we, we did a story, we did, you know, 18 stories from the road, um, really every day of the run, we did a new video. And one of them was around, uh, this is what we didn't think we, we didn't know we were going to do until we got late in the run. And that was that electric and these technology is bringing talent to the industry. 
And, um, you know, Sir Richard Branson sent us some notes it's in the finale video or some video comments. And he, he mentioned this as well, that he's noticing that, um, you know, in some of these industries that have not always been the most attractive to, um, you know, to get uh, talent, whether it's drivers, which is often talked about, but also engineers and, you know, supplier management people and, you know, just folks across the whole industry. This is bringing talent. And, oh, we need it so much in order to solve these problems. And, and that's a really cool thing. Uh, that um, that that we're seeing here and uh, really good for the industry, I think. With 35% of trucks on the road driving empty, 87 million metric tons of carbon emissions are produced annually. Leveraging machine learning and automation, Convoy is efficiently connecting shippers with carriers while reducing carbon emissions. Learn how Convoy's technology can help your business run efficiently and build toward a no-empty-miles future at convoy.com slash sustainability. Absolutely. And we're seeing it really across supply chain in general. You know, there's a lot to speak about not having bad publicity, right? I know everything in freight sucks right now when we're stuck in the middle of this supply chain, you know, pandemic bullwhip. But on the bright side, it's really, really highlighting some of the issues that our industry has faced for a long time. And hopefully, to your point, it's bringing in the talent that's going to help us address that in a more sustainable fashion going forward. What were some of the, um, maybe maybe a brief technical point, you know, what surprised you, if anything, about how some of these trucks performed or, or didn't perform? Um, or, you know, did we have 13 just really good operations running at the same time? Well, the uptime was good. And, um, you know, we had some we had some issues. We had, a uh, you know, a charger to truck issue that, that showed up. Um, we had some some uh, some days, just frankly, where the truck didn't run because the driver was on vacation um, or, or something, you know, that that's normal, normal um, freight movement. But we uh, we spent time with all the fleets talking about their uptime and they were all very positive about the trucks and their uptime. Something we worried about. I mean, these are pretty you know nascent trucks to the industry. I mean, they're all new. Some um, are a little more mature in their design than others, just depending on where that OEM is with um, with their product development and commercialization. But I think um, this is uh, not. I think I, I, I'm beginning to know that this is a, a, a part of the whole maintenance and repair opportunity with electric trucks. Talk to any car owner, right? They say, "Hey, the only thing I do is change washer fluid." Well, there's a reality in that um, uh, that they they are less maintenance and and so forth. They also want to justify their purchase, so they're pretty complimentary. And yes, I know for all of your fans out there that are saying, "Mike, a car is not a truck. A truck is much more demanding." Yeah, I get that. But um, but we can see a lot of benefits there uh, with, without a lot of this, um, you know, a whole engine, the after treatment, other things that typically are, are downtime elements. And I think we're seeing that even in these early trucks with their good uptime. So we'll see what the, the numbers shake out on maintenance and repair reductions with electric trucks. But uh, I definitely uh, think we're, we're seeing that right now as we see the early adoption, mostly in smaller trucks, um, medium duty box trucks and, and vans and step vans. That's great. I appreciate the microphone you give to the fleet professionals, <laughs> because often that's not a voice that's heard when we're talking about hype cycles for zero emission technology or policy decisions being made. And those guys are really the ones on the ground managing the movements and have a lot to say about to the cost of ownership and how things work. Thank you for that. And, and, and you know, so these 13, I mean, you know who they are. They're on the website and so forth. Um, and they're uh, sometimes typical early adopters, you know, Pepsi and NFI and, and, and you know, and Anheuser-Busch and the like, and, and really all of them. Um, but, but, but what I want to share is that we are very much surprised, maybe surprised is the wrong word, but um, most fleets are looking at electrification. 
you know, the long haul team drivers and some of those, we, we know that's a challenge that might actually be hybrid or some sort of hydrogen truck uh, down the road. But if you're in some sort of return to base operation, um, you know, even the fleets that the fleets won't maybe admit that they're looking at it and understanding I mean, huge attendance at our boot camp, even by fleets, which um, was very uh, nice. And we we uh, we think that um, not only are we given a voice to these early adopters, but we're given an ear maybe um, to to a lot of fleets that that want to know what's the pragmatic real world story on these electric trucks because they hear the manufacturers and then they hear the doom and gloom with some others around these electrification trucks and we, our whole goal with run on last at NACV and RMI is to give that um, that that pragmatic real world and and definitely we we know that fleets are listening and interested and and then they'll act when it makes sense because that's what's important we can misapply these electric trucks in the wrong duty cycle and fail or as we're discovering we can be successful in in which ones they make the most sense now and then it'll be more later and more applications as the as the product improves over time. So it's really important that the that the end user be incredibly smart about how they run the trucks and put the electric trucks in the right place with their with support from their utilities and, and others, um, because that, that's what'll be critical to to, to gain the the um, as, uh, you know gain the the strengths and the benefits of these trucks. Definitely. And I appreciate that it's not all rose rose colored glasses when we're looking at this because it is the right application for the right use case makes all the sense in the world. And I believe we're in early innings still, but you're laying the groundwork where there's enough interest to create a really strong demand signal for the whole ecosystem upstream from OEMs to utilities to charging infrastructure builders. And once we get the right inflection point blend of policy and demand, I think there's no telling where this solution can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the three things to really look at is weight, range, and um, and infrastructure. So we talked about infrastructure, but the other two points. I mean, just make sure that that the weight you're working on doesn't limit your 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 loads. Um, we don't think it's as 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 much of an issue as as many think, of course. But if you gross out, it's a huge issue. And then the range piece. So just be aware of that. I mean, we um we're seeing these trucks continue to grow their range, but be um. You know, the 13 run on less fleets, um, you know, they, they they tested the range, but they're keeping them kind of uh, close to base, uh, keeping the, the, the range down so the drivers don't have a range anxiety and so forth. So um, but those are the three things um, that I would say really watch out for if you're a fleet and know when to jump in the pool here. That makes sense. And if I were in, in the competition, I wouldn't want to be towing a truck home either. So I definitely probably would have been conservative on that look. Tell me real quick, Mike, why is this a big deal for you personally? I always ask guests about on this show, you know, you're on here because you care about sustainability and freight and you're clearly making an impact. Why is this a personal, uh, why is this personal for Mike? Well, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I I, uh, I studied late in my career at Navistar. I was with Cummins for the first um, third of my career at Navistar for a third and then now a third doing this. And, you know, I studied um, what happened when fuel prices went up and down. And, you know, when fuel prices went up, people cared a lot. When they went down, they didn't. They just had other things to worry about. And what that caused was a, a real flattening of the efficiency of these trucks. I mean, the, the MPG just didn't change for 20 or 30, 40 years. And that's just not good enough. We, we, we can improve it. So that's what kind of started me in this journey. And then the uh, the opportunity that is coming with technology, uh, whether it be, you know, automation is something that that, that will, will, will make a difference here. But, you know, electricity, hyd- hydrogen op- trucks, other things that that um, has has me really personally excited about freight movement and that we can do this with um, 
you know, in some cases, zero emission and other cases with a 15 mile per gallon diesel truck or a renewable natural gas truck or other solutions that are that are that are there right at our uh, fingertips to uh, to move freight much more sustainably. And, you know, the shippers uh, and the public are committed, uh, you know, to, to, to doing that. And it's, it's up to us to figure out where it is, what to do right, how to do it with a good cost mindset. I mean, that's what we're, I mean, I know trucking won't allow it not to be because we look, treat these trucks as tools and expect them to, to deliver, um, you know, cost, cost opportunity for us. So, yeah, that's what drives me. I mean, I, and, and the other thing, I guess, is just that, you know, getting all the parties together to talk about it. I'm not naive. They, you know, everybody's not going to love working together, but uh, we will do this, um, you know, as the proverbial saying, you know, we'll do this together, uh, not in, you know, in competition. And, uh, and that, that drives me to, to help the industry uh, work together to solve these issues. That's inspiring. And I know that, you know, I'm never going to bet against American ingenuity to solve problems. So I hope we've got enough attention and focus on this for a long enough amount of time to let the engineers get to work and solve it. Cause between uh, between Mike and friends and NACV and RMI, I know there's a lot of smart people working on this problem. So, you know, thank you for your time and for the effort with Run on Less. Maybe before we go, what's next? Uh, what can we expect? Have you got any ideas on next year's program already? So we, we tend to do this every two years. And so um, because the, we really need a year to analyze and report on the results. So, you know, we could stop this right now and say, hey, everybody, go look at the website, look at the data. But it's, it's pretty... Um, you know, tough. So we will be um, issuing a number of reports. Uh, we're looking at even maybe as many as five or six where we cut up different segments. Maybe we do a, a terminal tractor, a medium duty box truck reports. Maybe we look at infrastructure. Uh, maybe we look at, at different elements um, of this whole run on us electric, but we will be doing some reports, creating some tools, um, doing that over the next six to 12 months while we also think about the future because, you know, it, it I could see another run on less electric as, uh, you know, many more OEMs bringing products to the table. These products are going to be improved, um, you know, depending on how the industry looks at this one and wanting to do another, um, I could see that in the cards. So no big announcements here, um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely on our minds uh, to continue this process. You may have to staff up, man. I can see a run on less electric, a run on less alternative fuel, run on less hydrogen. We're going to have to have this as new OEMs introduce things to the market. We're going to have to pay attention. So, <laughs> Good. Yeah, we'll be happy to. Mike, thank you. This was really informative. We appreciate your time. We know how busy you are out spreading the word. Thank you and keep up the good work.